grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. Quick rundown of the show if you are new to the show. I am sober now, but one of my favorite things to do when I was out drinking and partying and running and gunning was to hang out with friends, talk shit, talk shop. Reminiscing old stories about getting in trouble or parties or drinking or doing drugs. And now that I am sober, that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with friends and just shoot the shit and share stories. I will sometimes do a solo show, but normally I will be joined by a guest. This episode is no different. You'll recognize his voice from the intro music. Returning to the show, Headphone Joe, Mr. Joe Dorville. Clapping for myself as customary. What's up, man? What's going on, buddy? I didn't know if you would actually put the drop the intro nugget in there. Oh yeah, for sure. I talk about it. Uh, I try to talk about it all the time. Hang on, let me shut this door. The dogs are barking. Oh, Joe, go ahead, plug everything up front. (laughs) Everything you got going on. All right, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. Uh, breaking news: I have a new website now. Um, you could, it's JoeDorville dot com. Um, I have a new album coming out. I have an album already out uh, under the moniker Headphone Joe. No O, no E in the phone. Um, TV One is already on DSPs. TV Two would be out one year hearing this actually. Um, and I got merch coming out and I got some videos coming out. So just stay tuned, locked into my website and my IG and Twitter to see all those beautiful things. Brennan. That, that's awesome. Especially cause you have a website now. You have a website now. Yes. yes that's I so much fun. Man. The website crew. It's going to be interesting. Everybody who listens to this show or has listened knows we're going to have um, a bit more rapport than some of my other guests because we do co-host a sports show together called Cheers from the Press Box. That's right. I forgot to do all the podcast plugging. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I did all on... my solo stuff. Um, yeah, so you can check out all my pods. You don't, you at, don't have to. I don't have to. All right, let's <laughs> get to the show. No, um, who does a pod? Uh, that's our Hamilton podcast. Cheers from the Press Box. Me and Brennan talk sports. A new low. Um, that's where we just talk about everything and anything, whatever's griping us that week. So, yeah, check all those out at anewlow.co. Um, but you can still get to those on my website. I have direct links to all of those pods on my website. So. Hell yeah, you do. One-stop shop, JoeDorville.com. <laughs> JoeDorville.com. <laughs> Headphone Joe, man. Well, this is good. It's great to have you back on. Um, <clears throat> you have been on before. Yes. We talked a lot about uh, you going over to Europe after your mother passed away, some of that stuff, and then we talked about your your first album, TV. Now we yep. got season two of TV coming out. Yep. I, I Some of the stuff we might have touched on in the first episode, but I, I kind of want to get more into... Because we did a lot of stories the first time. I kind of wanted to get more into you as the artist as far as your musical process. Because I've known you now for a little over a year. And we've been doing the show together for a while and stuff. And you seem just like, you know, like a normal guy. Like if, I, <laughs> if somebody asked me, hey, that guy's headphone Joe, I'd be like, no, nah, that's just Joe. How do you get into that space, that mindset to create when it comes to music? Uh, it's very interesting you uh worded that way so i never considered myself any type of artist or creator or anything um like you i grew up mainly playing sports with my brothers and whatnot you don't have brothers well you have one brother but i have four older brothers so playing running behind them tagging along um so i always when people say like you're an artist i'm like no i'm somebody who does art yeah. Um, I feel like I'm more of a <laughs> it's jock. It's so funny you say that because there's, I think I brought it up to you, but I say it on the podcast all the time. Like when it comes to comedy, I'm like, no, there's comedians and then there's people who do comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm like, I feel like I'm somebody who just ended up doing art. It probably was always in me. Um, and my mom like was a singer to a degree. She would always sing in church choirs and around the house and whatnot. She always inundated us with music, but um, I never set out to be creative. 
Like I originally went to school for like biology. I was going to be a doctor, blah, 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 blah. But then eventually I like started realizing what I actually liked and it was writing. And truth be told, I mean, I wrote my first like rap verse when I was like seven, seven, Damn. eight. <laughs> um, and it had always been a constant thing. I was always like dip in, dip out. Um, I had rap groups like every black middle schooler, um, <laughs> every black high schooler. So I'd always weave in and out. But uh, I guess the thing always back then was I was like, I never wanted to be alone doing it because I never saw myself as like a standalone artist. So I'd always like try to group in like a friend or like, hey, let's make a group or something. And then. Do you think that was because of the brother situation? Like you always had people around you, so you always felt more comfortable in a group versus by yourself. That that's probably it. Also, the the nakedness of being alone. Um, yeah. Well, the reason I say it like that is because, like I've said it before, and I know you know this from listening, not only listening to this show, but from doing the other show with me. But my older brother's so much older, we never really hung out. And even though I have a twin sister and a sister that's not that much older than me. I was always a loner, which is why I love stand up because mm -hmm. it's just me, like all the responsibilities on me. And I like being alone um, in that aspect of creativity because I, I can only blame myself if something goes wrong. So I didn't know coming from a closer knit family of all brothers, if maybe always having someone around with you is what kind of led to you always doing the group thing. Um, That is really good. Uh Armchair uh, uh, psychology really thought, but uh, the honest answer is probably more I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always like, what I was always thinking, I was like, so I could write, especially back then, the format of most rap songs was three verses or two verses, a bridge and a chorus. I was like, I could write three verses by myself and painstake over it. Or I could write one, and then two other people can write one, and we could have a song, yeah. and I could put in less work. <laughs> but um, yeah, eventually I was like, um, I, I realized that like a lot of the people didn't have like the same passion and fervor as me. So then, like I stopped doing music altogether, and then I think it's like 2018. I'm driving home from from Broward, stopped in Jacksonville, and I was just listening to some. I was listening to. Um, I was listening to the latest Diplomats album. They had just put out an album, Cameron, Jim Jones, Joel Santana, for the first time in a couple of years. And I was like, this is the shit I love, man. Like, this type of rap, this, the beats and everything. And I would also done, like, production on my own. Um, but I had a homie, child to TT Beats. Um, he's, like, way better than me because he, like, went full, full whole hog into it. Whereas I yeah. was always doing, like, 30 different things. Um, I texted him. I was like, man, I'm about to put out an album and not for like anybody just so like this is something I've always wanted to do. I'm going to finally do it. And that's the cool thing about the Internet age is exactly. you can just do it. You don't have to get a record label behind you. You don't have to get everything pressed. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars in studio time and everything like that. You could just do it. Yeah. No. And then, I mean how i ended up getting to the point of recording everything all is just happenstance like my engineer i found like i started writing and making some beats or whatever and then i was like i started looking up like studios and i was like fuck i'm gonna have to spend like money to go to like legit yeah. studios and blah 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 blah. one of my homegirls up here in atlanta um she was throwing these like uh hipster parties for lack of a better term um under the moniker beam um so I was there kicking it with her and helping her do some stuff, like being kind of like a shadow host. Like just I see somebody like because we're in a big Lots space. Lots of shadows for you. Shadow producer. Shadow show, producer shadow of the host. show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I saw one dude just kicking it by himself. So I went over there, introduced myself. Like, hey, what's going on, man? How you know? Sue and Sue. Blah, blah, And he was like, oh, yeah, but I'm um, this is my name. I was like, oh, cool. He was like, I rap. Oh, dirt. Uh. We exchanged numbers or whatever, and then like he had an email or he had a website. The website, big theme of this show. He had a website, and we're gonna call like, it the uh, motif. <laughs> the motif. If you listen to the Hamilton pod, we talk a lot about motifs. Um, but yeah, so I ended up following on the show, and then I was in Jacksonville, um, kicking it with my boy TT and homeboy. Shout out TTB. Shout out TTB. He's in Jacksonville. Um, I know he is. 
He follows me on so, Instagram. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so he ended up, homeboy Swain, that's my engineer now, he ended up shooting me an email, like a MailChimp email, newsletter, or whatever, and it was his latest single, and I listened to it, and I was like, yo, this sound clean. I had TT listen to it. He was like, that sound clean. And this is like 11, 11 midnight when I'm getting this. So I shoot him a text immediately. I was like, hey, bro, where you record? He was like, I record my own shit. I was like, as soon as I get back into ATL, I'm hitting you up. <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. going to. And since then, me and him, like two, three years now, that's who I go to if I'm about to record something. I, me and him, it's like, all right, I'm coming. I'm locking in for nine records. Let's get this going. So That's awesome that you ended up. Because that was kind of the theme of your first episode on here was – you just found yourself in situations where you would just walk up to people and be like, hey, what's up? And yeah. Like you have no fear about introducing yourself and oh, kind of I just hanging out. Oh, I have super fear. But oh, you, you do have, but you oh, do it. I would say, but I got to do it. Because if yeah. we go back to that first episode when my homeboy Brandon told me, like, you just got to say yes to some things. It's like I kind of just started carrying that mentality with me, especially in Atlanta because I moved here and I knew nobody. So it's like yeah. if I'm going to sit here by myself – I'm going to be fucking miserable. So I got to like be a, You have to start saying Yeah, yes I have to have the initiative to go yeah. up to some people, at least some people. Well, and you moved... I know we talked about this in the first episode, that you went to school for film and you moved to Atlanta for the film industry and then COVID hit and you kind of got screwed on that. But you have been not only working on this album that drops today, the Friday that this comes out, if you're listening on Patreon, April thank 23rd. you. I love you. And in two days, go check out TV <laughs> Season 2. Um but you have also been working on a, a, a film, if I'm cur- if I'm not wrong on that. I don't know how much you can say about it. You're not it, but. wrong. Um, yeah, so uh, concurrently, I'm I'm writing one script with my brother. Shout out to my brother, um, Rick. And I'm also co-writing additional writing and co-producing something with um, grandfather of this show, I believe, Anderson Cowan. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, grand, uh, yeah, grandfather to the A New Low Network for sure. Father to the A New Low Network. Father grandfather to, to this show. So father to this show, I guess as well. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. We'll just say that. Um yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, he hit me up out the blue one day um and was like, "Hey man, uh I'm writing this thing and I want to produce it." And I was I think he was on vacation and he was like, "While I was on vacation, he was like, um I was thinking about this character as a young black guy as one of the characters. He was like, I kept thinking of you. I kept thinking of you. So I was like, hey, let me send it to you um, for like notes or just read it over, see if like the character is authentic. And I have a bad habit of being like uh, super critical. Yeah. (laughs) So he sent it to me and like I started like, he doesn't, I don't think I told him, but like I had like not a mini panic attack, but. I ended up getting like some anxiety, like because after five pages, I kept like red penning shit, and yeah. I was like, he didn't ask for all of this. He just wanted like notes on this one character. I totally understand that, but it's actually very beneficial because I we made the joke that you're the shadow producer of <laughs> yeah, my show. Same thing to you. <laughs> because yeah, but I actually genuinely appreciate it, and there are times where I'll be like, all right, like thanks, Joe. But <laughs> I honestly I do take into account everything you say, and some of it I take, some of it I don't. But it's just it's nice to have someone else's ears to help guide and, and somebody case, that cares about it. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's why. So for everyone listening who doesn't know, um, Anderson uh, Cowan is the writer, producer, director of Groupers, which I actually use as my only film credit because I gave <laughs> him a bunch of money and he put me in the special thanks. So if you search me on IMDb, that comes up, baby. Nice. nice. But um. Yeah, so Groupers, which is available on Amazon Prime right now, uh, and so he's doing this second movie, yeah. his second feature, and I know he had mentioned that he had reached out to you, but I didn't realize how deeply involved you ended up being. Yeah, so I take the red pen to it. I eventually like shirk the anxiety of, okay, either he's going to hate me and never want to talk to me again, or he takes these notes and he makes something better to in my eyes, something more genuine. Um, so I ended up red penning the whole thing, shoot it back to him. 
And then he calls me. He was like, yo, these are the best notes I've ever received for anything. Aww. And he's like, do you want to make this with me? And I was like, fuck you. Make this with you. So he was like, I'll give you a additional writing credit and a co-producer credit. And since then, we've been pounding the pavement, basically, figuring out the budget um, and trying to get other people on board and figure out are you things. guys gonna crowdsource this one like he did with the first one um we are thinking about it in a different manner i actually have a call with him later today to figure out if he reached out to the people that because we okay. kind of came to a kind of like a genius idea of how to crowdsource this one um, okay well yeah keep that so, keep yeah. that under wraps until you guys can announce it yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah i just think it's so crazy how you and i met how you guys started i keep saying you all because even though i am a part of the a new low network i know this show is separate from that but yeah. how that all started was just because we were all fans of that one podcast and yeah. now and it's it's crazy to me how this works and you know because you listen to the episode with aj i mean i know you listen to every episode but we were talking about it with aj wilkerson about how he goes works his ass off to like do this comedy contest wins the contest gets to open for jason muse for one night and then Jason hears him, and now all of a sudden he's nationally touring with Jason Mewes. Wow. So, so it's this, <laughs> but it's the same kind of happenstance. Like, you're a fan of this podcast. You know, sadly, your mother passed away, but you used some of that to help with the first movie. Then mm -hmm. you became friends with Anderson, and now all of a sudden he just out of the blue is like, hey, do you want to help me write and create this movie? And well, it's like, it's... The funny thing is we became friends, I want to say... we. We became closer once that happened and once I, I told him the story of how that happened. But I had been emailing them. Like, I am I never email any show about anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm usually like, this person's never going to respond. They're never going to read this, blah, 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 blah. But they had said something that I thought was, like, really dumb. And, it like, it got me to that point where I was like, I'm going to send it very strong, very thoughtful. Strongly <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, I'm gonna make it thoughtful just to, cause I think it was um when they were like, don't vote or whatever, and I was oh, like, yeah, hey, I, remember that. I was like, hey, as some white guys in fucking California, that sounds like really funny and jokey, blah 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 blah. But as somebody living in the South, and if you know the history of the civil rights movement, you can't just go out and tell people don't vote. All right, I was basically that was it. That was the premise of it, and then. Tyler got back to me. Anderson got back to me. And since then, like... You're still waiting for Mike to get back to you? Still waiting for Mike to get back to me. <laughs> but since then... Um, but no, Mike's got back to me on some other things. But since then, like, that was, like, the genesis of our relationship. But yeah. Well, it, yeah, and it's... I find it, like I say all the time on the show, like, stories to me are so fascinating, like, how they work. Because if we fast forward, you know, a year or two from now, the movie comes out, you know, that's... Like, you're working on a feature film. Yeah. And if I would have asked you six months ago, hey, Joe, <laughs> I know you moved to Atlanta for film and then COVID hit. Like, what are you going to do? You know, there's all I we've had that conversation. There's all sorts together. of things. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I have no fucking idea what I'm going to do. And then you fast forward and boom, you're making a movie and then fast forward again and the movie's going to be done. And yeah. it's it's so cool how that happens because like. And it's it's so interesting when I talk to people at work, and I, I'm sure you feel the same way. When people when you tell people you do something other than your job, mm. and then they're kind of like, "Oh, that's cool," and like they, they, they shake their head and then they go about their business. But when you have something tangible that you can then show them, yeah. it makes it so much better. Like when people ask me, and I say, "Oh, I do comedy," and they're like, "Oh, I bet," and I go, "No, you can check my website. Like I've got a podcast. Like I've got two podcasts. Like you can look at my dates. Like you can check." And they're like, "Oh, like you're serious? Like it's not something you just kind of like willy nilly do on this side." And it's the same thing with you. When it's like, "Oh no, I've got two albums out. I do music. Also, I'm working on a feature fucking film." It's like, yeah. it's so crazy how just some guy you run into at where you work and it's like oh all of a sudden it's like oh no this guy might actually be someone yeah no um and we can get off of the creative process because i feel weird stroking my own ego here but um uh it all this is not um i'm not blind to it like when me and anderson were talking at one point i literally said to him because i i'm a big proponent of like living in the moment so like when we were on the phone one time and he was like i was like by the way Andy, he was like well i was like 
this is crazy. Like, I started listening to your <laughs> podcast like five years ago, and now we have like regular phone calls about a movie that we're going to make together. He was like, yeah, that is kind of crazy. I was like, that's insane, bro. I um, love that kind of stuff. That, and the, then the, um, shout out to my homegirl, Imani. She was like, uh, one day she came over to do my hair, um, and she was like, she didn't say it about me or to me, but she was just saying it like uh, in general. She was like, uh, people who quote unquote claim themselves to be creatives, pan the pandemic. This is like in the middle start of the pandemic. Basically, she was like, if you're gonna come out of this pandemic and you have no creative ventures out, like, how can you call yourself a creative? Like, what the fuck were you doing? And as soon as she said that, that sunk into my brain. I think like I put my album out like the next week, because um, it's already recorded. But like I was, I think yeah. that's how it started. Like I was like, oh, I'm about to drop it. Now I have three podcasts. And like the last time I went to get my hair done, she was like, Joe, all you do is work. I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, you have three podcasts. You're working on a second album. You go to work five days a week, five to six days a week. And I was like. Yeah, no, I've been moving. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's awesome, too, because I feel the same way of what you're describing. Like, when the pandemic happened and New York got scrubbed, I honestly was like, it's like I had I had no clear direction um, because of what you and I have talked about before, what I've talked about on the show before. Like, I got back into stand up when I got sober again because I, I, I had to do something with, you know, this newfound sobriety and my new lease on life. And I, I wanted to share something with the world, you know, quote unquote. So then I was performing a lot and we, I was doing it. Like I was doing shows. All I, you know, you were with me. We were doing the show together. Yeah. I was doing gigs all over the place. I was really grinding out with stand up, and I was going to go to New York and like pursue it. And then when the pandemic hit, I, I, same thing. I was just like, I don't know what I can do, but as a person who likes to talk for a living, basically in my own <laughs> voice. I was like, I got to do something. And so then, you know, I started my own podcast and then I built the website. And then I started when gigs started opening up, I started doing that. And it's just like coming. We started a podcast. Jesus yeah. Christ, we, yeah. <laughs> but it's weird. Cause coming out of the pandemic, there's so much more that I have that's tangible now. It's not yeah. like, Hey, do you want to, Hey, you want to maybe put me on your show? It's like, Oh no. Like I, I have this, this, and this. Yeah. So it's, it's, crazy how it actually it was in my opinion for me personally i know it's terrible a lot of people lost their jobs yeah. and a lot of people died no, i but mean it's, it's been beneficial it, to some people in certain ways. yeah in my certain circumstance it was incredibly beneficial yeah and, like we were talking to me and my roommates were talking the other day like nah this was really good to like sit down basically i'm not a vision board type of guy or yeah, plan for the future type of guy which is probably to my detriment but it gave me time to sit down, collect my thoughts, and not be like trying to get to the next thing, next thing, next thing. It was like, okay, you have time to. The world has made you stop and mm -hmm. think about what you can do in this time to provide different streams of revenue as well as ways to get your expression out there. So, yeah, no, it really yeah. helped me do that. Well, it's definitely been beneficial. Let's move on. This is like a the... super mercurious episode, by the way. Yeah, let's move on. Well. It's going to get a little worse before it gets better. <laughs> We're going to move off the uh, the creative side. We're going to get into some stories. I wanted to talk to you. We mentioned it um, before we alluded to it, and I know we mentioned it on the the first episode you were in. Yes, sir. Uh, your mother did pass away. What? Um, and I know. Huh? What? <laughs> she did? What? <laughs> but um, I know, we, like I said, I know we talked about it on the first episode. You talked about how she came into the country, how um, mm. you have two different names. Uh, that whole, <laughs> That's right. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear that story. <laughs> but um, you sent me something that said September third. Yes, September and I, 3rd. I not a lot of context, so I didn't know. I think something I about drinking. Okay, I, was, I think I provided some context. Uh, so you September did, you 3rd. did, but it's very vague context. It says <laughs> drinking right after my mom passed. <laughs> right after the passing of my mom is what it um, says. So September third, uh, we were all in the hospital. Thankfully. Um, we were in the hospital when she passed, basically. Um, weird story. Like, uh, we could see, like, she was on hospice at that point. We could see, like, her breathing less and less and less. And one of my brothers had finally passed out because we had all been, like, basically around the clock in the hospital. And I woke him up. And then, like, probably a minute later, she has her last breath. So we were all, like, able to hold her hand as she went away, um, which is, like, stirring. Um, I uh, 
I'm going to stumble a lot because I really don't talk about this a lot. But I wanted to talk about it uh, here with you. Yeah, I was going to say you have a bullet point. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about it. But um, so, uh, you know, we sign all the papers or whatnot, death certificate, and we have to leave the hospital, leave the hospital, <clears throat> drive home. And <laughs> for like weeks earlier, I had been telling my brother, I was like, Man, you gotta watch this movie. You gotta watch this movie. He was like, What is it called? I'm like, Nice guys. He was like, Who's it? I was like, It's Ryan Gosling and it's Russell Crowe. I was like, It's a really good movie, man. He was like, All right. So uh, I think either I had, I think I already purchased it and I had brought it down with me because I was living in Jacksonville, commuting basically at that point every week down to Broward. And especially like, um, I think they told me she was going to the hospital on a Thursday. I was in the middle of work. And I, once I got back to work, I was like, hey, I got to leave now. Got in my car. Yeah. Me and my brother picked up one of my brothers in Palm Coast, drove the rest of the way, um, and didn't get back to Jackson until after she passed. Um, <clears throat> so we get back to the house, and we throw on the movie, and then we just... So this bro- is hours after your mother passed This is away. like hours. Yeah, yeah, just a couple hours after. And uh, one of my brothers has some... I think it was White Henny, pulls it out of the freezer. We all pour up, and we just sit there and watch the movie, and we just share a laugh. And the reason I wanted to tell that story, I know it's not like a great story, but it was just like the way we can compartmentalize and use laughter to like help deal with something so tragic. Uh, it's I, the whole I, theme of this show, man. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I really – it's not like – the other stories are going to be better stories, but this is just like, it's kind of the, yeah, the thesis of the show, like going through the darkness and then learning how to laugh at it. And then like from then, I think we ended up staying up to like four or five in the morning, just like drinking, watching the movie, talking shit and just like reminiscing and whatnot. Um, Being drinking buddies. Yeah. 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 So I, I really appreciate you sharing that story just because, and it's something that, it's very difficult to convey um, to people who haven't been through tough times. It's something I find very difficult. So I got into um, a tiff, I guess you would say, with another comic the other day. Tiff. And I, I, I was totally out of line. Like, I snapped and overreacted. But you know me. But it was one of those things where basically there were two comedians with two different styles. And a, a lot of people call me, you know, dark or noir, or whatever you want to say about my comedy style, but it's they my me black. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I teed it up and you hit it out. Um, <laughs> Shout out Ryan Sickler for that one. Uh, but it's, um, it's interesting because that's like, and I said this on the episode with AJ and I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to start saying it on stage now. But like I was having a conversation with my dad and he was like, yeah, you have great stage presence. You know, you, you can really <laughs> own the stage, but if you, you just got to find someone to you know write some jokes for you. And I know what he meant. Again, I don't want to bash him for it. He was just saying that some of my stuff is dark and it doesn't play to mainstream audiences and stuff. But that's the whole point yeah. of what I'm trying to do is show people like like in the situation you're talking about, like the levity, like hours after your mother passed away, you're hanging out with your brothers, watching a movie of pretty, a really good movie. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Just hanging out, drinking, laughing, talking. And that's what I try to show people with my standup. It's like, yeah, I've got these weird scars all over my body and I've been to rush to the ER several times for alcohol poisoning and almost died at one point and have been arrested so many times. But you know what we can do? We can look back on it and now make fun of it and yeah. laugh. And that's why, like, the tiff that I got into with another comic was because they have a certain style of comedy where it's it's very, like, it's you very relevant. Say Adam Carolla. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> but it's very relevant. It was not, I don't, no discussions of that, Carolla. But it's very relevant for everybody. It's very relatable. That's what I was looking for. It's super relatable to everyone, which is good because that's how you play to broader audiences and that's how you play clubs and stuff like that. And it, it's, it gets a lot of laughs and stuff, but it reminds me of that scene in the men in black where it's like, you know, we're dressed as deja vu and dismissed just as quickly. It's like, yeah, you get in the room and everybody laughs, but then you leave and everyone forgets yeah. because it was just like that one little thing that was funny once. And in my situation, it's like when I tell that scar story, no one's going to forget that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of people might not think it's funny and it's pretty intense, but 
that sticks with you. And that's, I, I don't know. That's just what I try to do. Well, that's why coaches like you, Brennan. <laughs> but <laughs> the story you just told brought all that to the forefront of my mind. Cause I was just like, yeah, like you get it. Like yeah. you get it. My older brother who came to my show in Dayton where I bombed for everybody except him, he <laughs> gets it. But the rest of the room didn't get it. And that's okay. I don't need all of them. I don't want all of them. Well, it's a thing with um, certain people are comfortable, not with their emotions. That's not the word I'm looking for. I'm having to burp so badly. Um, (laughs) Certain people are comfortable, not with being uncomfortable, but just like the full spectrum of life. Um, There's ups, there's downs. I was say my mom passing was a super down. But one of the greatest times I've had kicking it with my brothers is right after that, sitting there drinking. I hate Hennessy. That was yeah. the best Hennessy I ever had because we were just bullshitting, laughing, watching that movie together. And I knew in that moment, like, yeah, no matter what, I know I have my brothers with me. We can carry yeah. each other through anything. So, yeah. Well, that was... That was good. That made me feel warm and fuzzy. Again, inside. another mature. We got to get out of this mature. So. All right. Well, <laughs> let's talk about speaking of mature. Let's go the opposite way. I'm going to oh, jump man. around on the list. You gave me Ooh. a little bit. Oh, he's throwing me off my game. <laughs> yeah. You um, you just wrote the jig is up. <laughs> <laughs> Story about underage drinking. That sounds like the title of a movie. But what, <laughs> what is this about? What happened? Okay. This is a funny story. So um, my first year of college, I'm working at Duncan. And, Brendan, I don't know how, but remember I told you last episode I said, like, I started stand-up or whatever. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. I, like, tried to do acting, like, uh, just everything through Craigslist, basically. Um, somehow I ended up getting... Acting, stand-up, <laughs> girlfriends. Brendan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> somehow I ended up, I still don't know how it happened, but I ended up getting signed by, like, a talent agency. Okay. Now, the one I never, in Jacksonville? Yeah. Mannequin. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. What you're okay. About. I never signed any paperwork, but they kept like, somehow I ended up on their email list and I kept getting things. Um, so routinely I would just get something. It'd be like the shoot day would be like the day I worked or the day I was in school or whatever. I'd be like, no, I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. If I was able to do it, I'd say, yeah, give it to me. And then I'd never actually get it. So one night. We would close at like 11. We closed Duncan at 11. One night, no, we'd close the inside at 10. We closed like the drive thru at 11. It makes no sense. I just, Which Duncan is this? Just so. This is the one on Southside. The listeners aren't going to care, but. Southside. I, okay. I know exactly uh, where you are. Right in right front next of the Cinemark. McDonald's. Yeah. Right yeah. in front of the Cinemark. It's yeah, McDonald's? Yeah, I know where you're at. There's, uh, it's a little bit down the road, but the McDonald's, the Ale House, all that's right there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, there was a Wendy's right on the corner. Um, yeah, I know exactly where you are. Chick fil A. Got it. Yeah, Chick Fil A as well. Yeah, Jacksonville yeah. talk. Jacksonville right by talk. the Cinemark. That was my fucking go-to movie theater. I saw so many movies at that Cinemark. That was I love my that place. Jam. But um, well, then they opened up the AMC and the AMC and Regency. Even though Regency is not a nice area, the AMC, the movie theater was better. But then Cinemark, like in the last three years, has revamped the entire inside. So now oh, Cinemark's really? the go-to theater again. Yeah. Oh wow! All right, See, I didn't even, I didn't even like the AMC. Honestly, like the AMC was closer when I stayed on Atlantic Boulevard uh, over there in the hood, basically. Um, your words, my words. Yes, no. Somebody got shot and pretty sure killed, <laughs> like an apartment adjacent to mine. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it was the only time it happened, Brennan. It's the only time it happened. Um, uh, but anyways, I get an email and it's uh looking for like general casting for extras for the TV show Glades. Do you remember the TV show Glades? Yeah, I remember Glades. Any, um, so. He doesn't remember Glaze because he's lying. No, uh, I do because <laughs> I, I remember it only because, I, as you know, I'm a huge Burn Notice fan. And oh, as okay. anybody who's heard my comedy knows, I'm a huge Burn Notice fan. So they started showing, I just remember watching, like, seeing ads for Glades and being like, they're trying to fucking rip off Burn Notice. Ah, okay, okay. So, so general cast and whatever. And it's like, the first time I see something, like, it's something I know, actually. So I was like... Yeah, whatever. I'll accept it. Blah, 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 blah. I never get any of these anyways. Well, like 10 minutes later, it's like, you've been accepted. I'm like, oh, oh shit. no. <laughs> and it's oh, like, no. we're shooting tomorrow. You have to be there at 6 a.m. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm in Jacksonville. They shoot in Fort Lauderdale. It's already 11, about to be 11 o'clock. I was like, 
I have no time to sleep. I have, I have no time to do anything. So I'm like, fuck, am I going to do this? I, I was like, I can't not do this because it's going to fuck up with the talent agency. They're going to screw me. They're not going to think I'm good anymore. Again, I've never signed any paperwork with these people, <laughs> but somehow <laughs> I'm getting things through them. So anyways, cut to I close down Duncan, go home, uh, shower, brush my teeth, grab like a bag full of stuff because they're like, got to have a bunch of different outfits or whatnot. Hop in my car start hitting uh hit 95 go down i'm listening to indicud by kid cuddy that had just came out shout out to kid cuddy big bro um inside jump for me and brennan uh <laughs> big bro hit the highway fucking mash it down get like fucking i never drink any like energy drinks get like fucking i got like two red bulls mash it down home to fort lauderdale shoot for the whole day oh so you got there you, i got you- there no, I okay. got there at like four, slept in my car for an hour, got up to go then like check in or whatever. So the agency that, that we're talking about in Jacksonville, it obviously is somewhat legitimate because they put you your name down on the list and everything and yeah. you showed up and you're like, here, I'm here to work. I'm here to shoot. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you know, some sometimes that that stuff is like, yeah, I'm a photographer, I'm a talent agent, and no, then you just they've they got me headshots uh, that I didn't have no to pay paperwork for. signed. No yeah. pay. I never signed a thing. I never signed a thing, which is hilarious. Like I still get stuff basically through them, and I've never signed anything. But they just keep sending me shit, and I'm like, at this point, I was like, you know, I probably should try to do it, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so you I end was, up in Fort Lauderdale five. So in the I'm morning, in Fort Lauderdale five for in the morning, sleep in the car for an hour, get dressed, whatever, do the whole twelve hours of shooting. It's fucking awesome. I'm on a movie, I'm on a TV set for the first time in my life. Hell yeah, man! So like, Fuck yeah, this is dope. We're getting craft services and kicking it with all the other extras and whatnot. Um, and so the shoot ends. Shoot ends at the beach. So, shoot ends. I'm like, all right, I'm home. I'm technically home because I'm in Broward, but I'm not supposed to be home. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, hmm, do I swing by the house to see my mom and potentially get yelled at because I'm not where I'm supposed to be? She doesn't know I'm trying to do this acting and stand-up yeah. thing yet. So, I, I was like. I have so many stories <laughs> of like, I'm right down the street from my parents' house, but I can't go. I, was, so that's I got a hotel one time in Daytona as an adult. Crazy. That's and, like, insane. Like, oh. as, as a as a grown up, you think like, oh yeah, you got to get a like. I'm a grown up. I'll get a hotel room. No, I. This is a few years ago when I was not doing very well, <laughs> and I was just like, well, they don't know I'm here. It's not like I can go crash at my dad's house. Like, I guess I got to get a shitty, shady motel <laughs> in downtown Daytona. So now I've been shooting. I haven't slept. I slept one hour in my car the day before. Yeah. I was in class at work, and then I just did a twelve hour shoot day on set. So in like 24 hours, I've had one hour of sleep, Brennan. I can go home, get yelled at, whatever, sleep in a nice bed, get some nice food. Cause I know my mom's going to cook. But Brennan, I really don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> so yeah. I hop really in my car, grab two more Red Bulls, drive all the way oh back. Oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> drive all the way back to Jacksonville. No, that's not where it's almost is. a five hour drive. No, four-hour max. I I would push it on 95. Um, Yeah. So cut to like three, maybe a month later. Uh, I'm staying at the district at the time. Okay. Now, there was a a little – no, I'm not going to say that yet. So I get the mail one day, and there's a check. I got a check. From the talent agency after blah 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 they take their percentage i'm like i have a check for acting and i was just an extra i really didn't even act i was like this is awesome i'm going to celebrate i'm 19 brennan yeah i'm gonna celebrate now around the corner from my house i don't know if you want to say how much was the check for it was like 60 bucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> still counts baby still, still counts. counts baby paid extra at that point paid extra so there's this little pizza stop around the corner from my house that when i first got to unf my homeboy took me there we got some pbrs and we're both underage and i was like you know what i'm going over there i got money that i didn't expect i'm not getting pbrs 
I'm getting some Heineys, baby. We're yeah. going Heineken. Yeah. We're high rolling today. Now, mind you, I've not been back to this place in like five, six months. I roll in there. I was like, hey, can I get some Heinekens? ID? Oh, shit. They have never asked me for my ID ever. I was like, uh, I, uh, I left it in my car. Okay. I'm like, shit, they, what is happening? I turn around, defeated. I never got the Heinekens, Brennan. Oh. Never got the Heinekens. But for like a whole year prior, we had been going there, getting PBRs, living life. My buddy moved eventually, and yeah, they 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 turned me down. And to end that story, I lost my wallet, lost my car, <laughs> lost my ID, and yeah, I was really screwed and shit out of luck after that. But the jig was up, man. I was riding a high for a long time there. I was well, riding. It's, high. <laughs> it's so weird. The trick that I used to do. Uh, when I was underage in college, because I worked in the service industry since I was 18, I would have been a server and I worked since I was 15 as a busser. So the trick I would do is I was like, well, listen, I, I'm only 19, 18, 19, 20, but I wait on people and I know I don't really card people, especially if they're regulars and they come in a lot and they tip well, like I'm not going to card anybody. So what I did when I got to college, I found a couple of spots around FAU, like a Chili's, like, you know, just random spots. Yeah. And I would go in there the first time I go in. I wouldn't order any alcohol, but mm, I would but tip, tip like, well. like 50%. Mm. So the next time I went in there, they're like, oh, my God, Brennan's so good to see you. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I'm feeling like a little tequila tonight. They're like, of course. <laughs> That's the move. But That's you hadn't funny. been in there in six months. I hadn't been because basically right after my, my buddy Brandon, he ended up moving like after my first semester. That's like when I wanted to drop out or whatever. But I ended up sticking it through. And I had not been there because I had no reason to go there because he wasn't there. So yeah. But now I had a reason to go because I just came into some cash and I wanted drink. And my brother's not around to grab me some booze because he's at work already. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going on my own. Let's let's yeah, get some honey. Yeah. We always get PBRs, the 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 pigs backwater. Like let's, let's <laughs> step it up a notch. And they fucking. That's such a defeated feeling. I was so. And then I lost my wallet. Like. I literally drove back to the district and I was like, where the fuck is my wallet? Like, I actually don't know where my wallet Instant is. Instant karma. Instant <laughs> karma. I was like, no. It was very upsetting. Oh, man. So um, I was going to ask you about the New Year's story, but I, I didn't know if you wanted to save that for last. Um, or is the truffle know. story better? Which one do you want to do last? I'll do the truffle story last. Okay. Yes. So. We talked about you in Europe last time you were on, and then you forgot to mention you spent New Year's Eve in Rome. Yeah. You sent me this list, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, we talked about Europe. And then I read it, and I go, how the fuck do you not bring this up? It's it's fun. It's weird because, like, now the title, everybody, the title sounds amazing. New yeah, Year's in Rome. And you know what? When I booked the trip and I made sure I was in Rome for New Year's, I th also thought this is gonna be great. I'm gonna be in a nightclub dancing with a, at a discoteca with discoteca. some kids from uh -huh. Rome, and we're gonna be kissing at midnight. That was all in the cards, Brandon. It was all in the plans. But full disclosure for everybody: if you didn't listen to Joe's first episode, after Joe's mother passed away, Joe decided to go over to Europe to grieve. And <laughs> Grieve, but you brought you brought the uh, yeah I brought the pamphlet. Um, yeah, the pamphlet. we did this last time. We called? did we fucking did this last time. <laughs> Not the brochure. What is it called? The, the card. The um. Oh no. The grieving card. Everyone knows <laughs> what we're talking about. Card. Last time I remembered what it was called and I said it, but now I can't. Yeah, remember. you had it at the ready. Uh, think about it as I start the story. Um, so I'm in Rome. I've been in Rome for like probably three, four days at that point. Went to the Coliseum. Went on a bunch of history tours. I love history, as you will know, if you listen to Who Does a Podcast, um, the Hamilton Podcast. Uh, so did a bunch of walking tours. Went to a bunch of restaurants. Went to the Vatican. Had a fucking awesome time. Um, went to a club at one point. Had a good time. And I was like, all right, here it is. New Year's Day. New it's Year's Eve. It's all shaping Eve. up. It's all shaping up. Ooh, got all the tourist things out the way. Going to go into downtown. Going to go... Fucking meet a girl, gonna kiss a girl at when the clock start 
strikes 12, blah, 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 blah. But first, I am starving. So before I get in this Uber to take me to the downtown area, let me walk around, see if I can grab something to eat, like 7 o'clock. There's a place open nearby. I'm like, all right, let me head over there, get a little plate before I go out. Head over there, Brennan. I knock on the door. Everybody speaks Italian, which at this point I'm used to. Um, You're in Italy. I'm in Italy. I'm used to it at this point. I've been here for a couple of days. Um, there's one person that speaks English, uh, the husband of the wife who owns the restaurant. He comes out of the back. He's like, hey, man, what you trying to do? I was like, oh, I'm just trying to get like. Is that what he said? Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. In Italy, he walked out. He said, hey, man, what you trying to do? He was like, um, what are you looking for? I was like, oh, I'm just trying to get something to eat real fast. And he was like, all right. All right, we're about to have like a, a big party here. I'm thinking big party, like a bunch of people about to walk in here. Not a, not a yeah. party party, but like they have a, like you you do the restaurant industry. You have yeah, like, yeah, we say, yeah. Yeah. A party of six, a party yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Ten. That's what I'm party. thinking. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm just a party of one. So, I mean, I could just like fit in the corner Wah-wah. somewhere. <laughs> I was like, I could just fit in the corner somewhere. Like, I really just want something to eat real fast. He was like, Nah, come come on in, come on in. So yeah. I'm like, all right. All right. I'm sitting here, kicking it. I'm running. Next thing I tell you, when like a hundred people walk in this motherfucker. Oh, so it wasn't. <laughs> it it wasn't, was a big party. It, no, Brennan, it wasn't even a big party. So then after the hundred people walk in, of all family and friends, they lock the door. Oh, my God. Because it's a family function that's happening. <laughs> oh, so it's not even. Oh so it's it's a party. It's, it's a, a it's, it's a, a New Year's party for the yeah. people that own the restaurant, and they have it like all their people come. And out. It's Italy, so they've got like cousins on cousins oh, on cousins. When I tell yeah. you, I'm I'm kicking it with the kids. I'm dapping up the kids. I'm hugging grandmas, and they're like everybody's like. Who is this? And they're like, ah, he was looking for something to eat. We just told him to sit down. I was like, yeah, I'm just like, my mind is just running All of your the Europe stories are like this. Yeah, I just end up in a situation. So next thing I know, one course comes out. I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. All right, can I go? Nope. Second course comes out. I'm like, all right, yeah. all right. Got some wine at the table. Now we're playing games and whatnot. And I'm, they're like, all right, it's boys against girls, men against women. And like, I'm trying to fill in, like, uh, Cardi B. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what's on the screen. Like, I'm just trying to figure it out. Brendan, like six hours later, New Year's comes and goes. <laughs> I've had seven courses. Yeah. I've had dessert. I've danced with everybody in the in the family. <laughs> It was such a great, glorious time. They brought out like New Year's hats and straws and streamers okay, so and you everything. Weren't, like looking, I wasn't you looking for this. I was yeah. just looking for a meal. Yeah, to but then you go were looking to, to get out of there. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you once once you sat down and kind of got into it. You were you were there to stay, I'm, or did I'm, they make sure you couldn't leave? Like they didn't make sure I couldn't leave. But if somebody invites you into their house, yeah, especially in Europe, that's a big thing. I was like. Oh, I'm here now. <laughs> in, in, in Europe, I'm a part in the of the South, family. That's a, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, it's like in the North, in the Midwest, and stuff. They're like, no, get the fuck yeah, out of here. Get bro. out of here. But in no, I was South, like, oh, I'm Europe. a part of the family now. So like, no, I ended up closing the place down at like 3 a.m. and then just walking back to where I was staying. Like, well, did they I have mean, any like cute daughters or cousins or anything um, you can kiss was at midnight? A very cute waitress, but I I wasn't gonna try anything because now I was family. I was family. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I when was you're like, there, you're family. I was like, say, yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't, uh, I can't do anything now. I was like, you guys wasted my New Year's. But no, it was super awesome. Wasted it. <laughs> it was super fun, man. Um, I really one thing I want to do eventually if I get the money to get back there. I want to go back and find them and like, guys, do you remember me? <laughs> oh my gosh, man! If the second movie takes off and you oh, guys yeah. end up doing like a European release, you could be like, no, we need to release it in Rome. Doug, I'm going there for sure. Like no hesitation. That, that it was is... such a great time and such a display of hospitality. And again, I mean, I'm. I'm always on edge because I know I'm black. For those that aren't listening, I'm black. Um, so being taken in, and especially like the woman who owned the restaurant, 
was probably around the same age as my mom. Mom just passed. So it was just a, a flood of emotions. I was like, these yeah. people have taken me in as their family. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, oh, man, that was such a heartwarming moment for me. <laughs> That's so cool, man. That speaks a lot to just your personality and, I don't know, I guess the hospitality of Italians. Italians. Yeah, I mean, shout out. Goddamn guineas. Um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> not the words of one Joseph Dorville or headphone. I'm kidding. Joe. I'm going to take that. Out. I'm going to take that. Out. <laughs> oh, that happens. I already told you this, and the people listening will hear next week, but I told you about the episode. Oh, bleed. That comes out next week. <laughs> thought what I just said was bad. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to get canceled next week, so I'm glad we're having Joe on now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This this last one I definitely am interested in only because in the restaurant industry, we use truffles, white truffles and black truffles <laughs> for a lot of uh, earthy tones and flavors. And I you just remember wrote, what this story was about. <laughs> you just wrote truffles, the first shrooms trip. Oh, I did put that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, um, apparently, where wait, set the scene? Where are we? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I know. I'm okay, I'm story. sorry. I forgot. You're you're an artist. Um, I'm um, somebody who does art, Brennan. Um, <laughs> so I land on a train from Paris. We call that a to, callback. It's from was it from Paris to Amsterdam, or was it from Brussels to Amsterdam? Anyways, I'm in Amsterdam. It was Brussels to Amsterdam. It was, thank you. Um, yeah, I remember from the first episode. Okay, great. Um, even if you were wrong, I was going to say thank you. Uh, <laughs> so I'm in Amsterdam, and well, I mean, one of the things of the trip, I wanted to get like little trinkets, individualized trinkets from every like different place. I didn't realize this was in Europe people. as well. No, this is in Europe. Um, okay. Oh, so these blended nicely. Yeah. This is, yeah. Look, we're we're geniuses. Um, <laughs> So I wanted to get trinkets for like every person, different place, something that corresponded with like what I felt about them or okay. a place like because like one of like my what buddies. What people do at Epcot? I got you. Yeah, yeah. Tour around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Drag around the world. Um, but yeah, like one of my buddies is a Man City fan, so I got him a Man City mug when I was in England. So I was like Amsterdam, you know, weed culture. I was like, I'm gonna get something for my brothers who smoke the ganj. Um, so I go into like this little shop. This dude materializes out of nowhere. And he's like, hey, man. I'm like, yo. He works <laughs> there, apparently. I don't know. He's like a hologram. He just comes and is standing next to me out of the blue. And he's like, hey, man, looking for anything else? I was like, well, what do you mean? He was like, well, you know, we have these truffles. And I was like, oh, word. He was like, yeah, magic truffles. I was like, Hmm. Well, how much is it? I cannot tell you the price, but he told me a price that sounded reasonable. So I was like, all right, I will purchase these along with my weed snapback and lanyards and whatever else I bought. So on this trip, so I pre-planned all my, all everywhere I was going, I pre-planned everything. I combed through copious amount of uh, internet research to find like dope spots to go to and eat and blah 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 so one of the dope things i saw was like this neon fluorescent rock cave underneath the shop or whatever this guy had been working on this thing for years um it was supposed to be super dope and i was like hmm uh-oh kid cuddy had just dropped an album i got shrooms now or truffles, and I'm about to go to a neon forest. I was like, this is going to be the best day ever. <laughs> this is, <Best> <laughs> is going to be the best day ever. Well, if you know anything about my stories <laughs> and <laughs> what I think something's going to be. <laughs> they never go exactly as planned. Not quite. So I pull up to the place, and there's a woman there. She's talking to two young gentlemen. Around my age, um, and I don't remember what exactly nationality they were, but they weren't they weren't from Amsterdam. Um, Dutch, Dutch is the word you were looking for. They weren't Dutch. Whatever. Uh, we can go Dutch on this story. Um, <laughs> so I thought he quit comedy. I walk in. <laughs> I walk in, and I'm like, hmm, 
I wonder what's happening here. So I'm like, hey, I'm here for the neo fluorescent tour or whatever. And I'd already taken one of these shrooms as I walked in. Um, and she's like, oh, I was just telling these two young men, young gentlemen, that the guy, my lover, blah, blah, blah. She was like super hippy dippy. She was like, my lover, he only does the tour in summer. So we don't do it in the winter because so, he's now in America looking for more fluorescent rocks and blah, 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 blah. So I can just show you around the top level shop, but I can't take you downstairs because only he can, he's only authorized to do that. And I was like, huh. Okay. Uh oh. All right. So I sit in there <laughs> for like 15 minutes. Look at all like the dope, like Jimi Hendrix art. And they got a bunch of different, like, that kind of art and whatnot. Then yeah, I walk. Like a gift shop. Gift shop, more or less. Um, I walk out. And I've never, this is the first time I'm taking shrooms, by the way. Truffles. Truffles. Thank you. Um, and I, now it's nighttime, and I don't feel anything, honestly. I feel oh, nothing. Shit. I feel nothing. But the lights are moving in the city. Very odd. It made no sense to me how the lights were all over the street. I don't street. feel anything, but the lights. The lights, are. <laughs> the lights were like all over the streets. Um, one red light became like... A dancing strobe light. I was so confused, but I didn't feel anything. So, I was staying in Harlem. I think they call that feeling something. I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. So, I hop on the bus back to Harlem. My heart was like racing or whatever. Uh, pass so don't out. Don't feel anything. Don't feel a thing. Uh, I pass out at my hostel. Have a weird dream. I wake up. Heart is pounding. Could this be the truffles? <laughs> <laughs> Did I experience something? I don't. I don't. Nah, not. It's not the way it's supposed to be. This is not what I signed. Later up for. in my research, I found out like a lot of people. Not even in my research, just like uh, anecdotal. Uh, everybody I know who's done shrooms, they're like, "Yeah, I never felt anything the first time, but I had like a trippy dream," and I was like, "Huh." So maybe I did experience something, but it was the first time. I didn't know how to process it. But that's yeah. not where the story ends, Brendan. Okay, let's keep it going. That's right. That is not where the story ends. Because um, it just hit me. So hop on a train to go from Amsterdam to Paris. Get on the train. And now at Paris. Um, I'm going to be, as all these trips, when I first get there, I kind of put my bag in like a locker or something so I can do some walk around before I then go to where I'm staying. Now, Brennan, I, I, rem I remind you that he gave me the truffles in a metal tin. Metal tin. Okay. And I'm going to where I have to put my locker, my bag in a locker. There's a metal detector there. Oh, shit. And the tin is in a breast pocket of my jacket. And instantly, I can't remember what the laws of truffles are in Paris. Oh, yeah, because it's not in Amsterdam <laughs> It's not the same everywhere. So I'm panicking. Those are different states. Those are different countries. countries. So I'm immediately panicking as I'm like two people before I have to go through the metal detector, and I'm like, "Fuck!" I, I have a strange, sneaking I? suspicion. I know what uh, you did. Uh, what do you think I did? You ate him. No. Oh, okay. Come on. No, there was a waste bin right there, and I was like, "Fuck!" This is a waste of money. I had to toss the rest of them. Oh, <laughs> I had to them away. I had to throw them away. I was so upset. I didn't want to do it, but I was like, "I'm not taking the chance here." In the words of a very funny comedian, Jeff Tate, there is a very there is a very distinct legal separation between drugs in your pocket and <laughs> drugs in your body. <laughs> I didn't have the fortitude because I was like, I don't want to deal with this for the whole day. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I'm just now that's toss yeah, this. it takes. A different kind of constitution. Like, I don't understand people who can, like, just do drugs all day. Or even, I don't understand how I used to drink all day long. Because it's like. And mind you, I had never done drugs up to that point. I know. That's this was the first thing I had ever done. 
But you didn't feel it, so it doesn't count. I I don't think I felt it. <laughs> but maybe. But now I'm oh, a shroom man. aficionado. I do shrooms. Not on the reg, but frequently enough. A couple times Do you a really? A couple times a year. Do you do it to... Um, so AJ Wilkerson talked about doing LSD to kind of talk to himself and like rewrite some code with his um autism and stuff yeah. do you do it uh like do you do it as like an introspective thing or do you do it for fun or um more for fun recreationally okay. every once yeah. in a while celebratorily i'll say that okay because i've so, had people come on and say they they you know they take a bunch of psychedelics to you know move nah. forward in life and that's stuff and i'm shit. always just like yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> You want to know what some white shit is? <laughs> nah, man. I take it because um, I think when, when I moved to Atlanta, I finally got my hand on some. Took it. Had like a fucking awesome day. I have a very funny story about that. Um, it's a short one I can tell real quick. So yeah, I'm ahead. on the shrooms, and I think I finally this is told in Atlanta. My, yeah, I think I finally told my brother this story. But I'm on the shrooms, kicking it with my homie. Well, and, if you didn't, he's about to hear it. Hey. Um, but no, I told him I'd take shrooms, so I'm pretty sure I told him this. Uh, he called, my brother calls me, and I was like, hmm, if I don't answer, he's going to be suspicious, because I never not answer my phone. I'm already in my head. It wouldn't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> it would not matter at all. But I'm like, if I don't answer, he's going to be suspicious, so I have to answer the phone. So I answer the phone, and I'm like, what's going on? And mind you, this is the second time I've taken it, and for like the first hour, me and my boy was just sitting there, and we were like, we don't feel anything. And then all of a sudden, Supernatural became a very different show. <laughs> <laughs> so my brother's a quick aside story, but that might be the title of the episode. Supernatural became a very different show. Um, so I answered the phone. And my brother's telling me about this movie that he went to see in the theater, didn't like it at all. So I'm like, go ahead and tell me about it. And. Brennan, this became the most interesting movie to me in my life. I've not seen it at all. But every detail he was giving me, I was like, and what happened next? And what happened next? And what what movie was next? it? I don't know. Uh, I you can't even no, remember? I have no clue. But I was like, and then and he was like, well, then this happened. And then this happened. And he was like, maybe it wasn't that bad. I was like, I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. but you were all fucked up on mushrooms. I was fucking losing it. It was so great. That was one of the funniest things. And then, like, the rest of that night was just, like, walking to the Walgreens and getting some ice cream and then playing Naruto, listening to Kid Cudi. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You Finally Cudi, got man. to listen to the Kid Cudi on shrooms. Big bro. Big bro. Super big bro. Oh, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you again for coming on. Plug everything one more time, especially because when this comes out, your second album, TV Season 2, will premiere. TV Season 2 on all DSPs. It's digital streaming platforms for the people not in the know. Um, your but Spotify. we initiated. I didn't say initiated that time. Gotcha. I, know uh, <laughs> I usually say initiated. Um, but uh, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, everywhere. Title. Um you can check out my Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville, J-O-E-D-O-R-V-I-L. You can check out my website at, well, not at, but JoeDorville.com. Um, TV One is still available for anybody that want to listen to that. Merch on the website will be up and running very soon. I've been wasting all my off days on that lately. Um, I just hired somebody. Well, lucky you. Uh, well, I hired somebody. Well, like, it's a friend who happens artwork. to do digital artwork and i was just like hey man because you know other than scott by scott (laughs) if you actually fucking if they're actual friends they'll do it and they'll do it for cheap Uh, no i sold my school sold to scott i'll tell you the percentages i have to split with him after this but uh, oh my god (laughs) yeah you're gonna be waiting a while for that artwork uh no 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 artwork is delivered like we made i made a deal with the (laughs) devil early and then he delivered and now i'm just Putting everything together um, and putting. What are you doing for merch? Are you doing shirts, hats, shot glasses? What are you thinking about? Shirts, hoodies, sweaters, streetwear, paraphernalia. Um, Working on after we end up recording this, I'm going to be working on dad hats and beanies because I am the beanie boy. Um, Shout out to Kyle. Back. I'm so mad, Brennan. I started talking about the merch on the last episode of Anulo, and Kyle was like, "Oh, beanie boy beanies," and I was like. 
shit, how did I not think of that? <laughs> no idea. I was like, how did I not think of that? And are I you going through um are you going through the uh, new love website and all that no, for, to no, no, do no. the merch? All on my own. Oh, okay, all cool. gonna be set up on my own. Um Well, I gotta talk to you about that after we get off because I've got all the digital graphics and everything. I just don't know what to put it on or who to go through. Yeah. Um well, because I know you said you want, we'll talk about that afterwards. Yeah. Anyway, after, after. Uh, check out all my podcasts A New Low, Who Does a Pod, and Cheers from the Press Box with me and my lovely co host, as always, Brennan T. Comedy. Um, and yeah, and sign up for his Patreon and listen to this show because I'm the shadow producer and <laughs> his his listens are my listens. <laughs> Oh man, I I keep thinking we're doing press conference from our sports. Show. <laughs> for you to be like Brennan, take it away. Brennan, um, take it away. <laughs> thank you everyone so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Again, uh, at Brennan T Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast, Cheers from the Press Box, that I do with Joe. We talk sports. Um, just me and him. Nobody else. Just me and Joe. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a shadow dig. Um, anyway, thank you again everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you all next week. Huge shout out. Brennan T. Comedy. Huge shout out. All right.